Welcome back to another edition of On the Board Sports. I'm your host, Will Trucci, a.k.a. Will C, and you're in the place to be coming to you from Gotham Podcast Studios in Manhattan. And I am joined by our wonderful producer, Johnny. Johnny is awesome with a capital A, controlling those ones and twos, smiling, laughing. He just does it so well, so well. And just want to give a quick shout out to Body Armor. Body Armor is a really great drink, you know, sponsors the show, everything like that. Shout out to Blaze French, by the way, for putting us on to Body Armor. But we have a very special guest with us. And joining us via Skype is the one and only Brian Compton from NHL.com. Brian, how are you? Doing great. Well, how are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. Thank you for uh, sparing some time. And, you know, we could talk about hockey here for a little bit. Obviously, a lot has been quiet on the forefront here. I know there's been a couple of trades, but Brian, I know you cover the Islanders, and I know you were one of the only guys to pick the Islanders to go into the postseason this year. How do we know that? Because not only did you write it, Brendan Burke shouted you out when they <laughs> made it to the postseason as well. Really, really great uh, monologue by Brendan. Brendan was on this show too, so shout out to Brendan. We love you from On The Board Sports. But first and foremost, Brian, before we talk about any NHL moves, how did you get into covering hockey? Because it's very interesting I always like to talk about, you know, always like to hear it from uh, other people and how they got into their careers. How did you get into covering hockey? Yeah, well, I learned a long, long time ago that I wasn't going to be a pro athlete. Uh, it wasn't handed those uh, God-given abilities. So mm-hmm. uh, my dad, uh, I basically followed in his footsteps. He covered the the Islanders' uh, third and fourth cups uh, for the Daily News. He'd take me to County Hyde Park in Hicksville to, to watch him practice, which was a thrill. I was only six and seven at the time, I guess it was. And um, took me my first game live was uh, Kenny Morrow's overtime goal in game five against the Rangers in 84 when they were going for that fifth cup. So um, he said, I spent most of, most of that game uh, with my hands on my ears. That's how loud the Coliseum was. But uh, I still remember him taking me to that game. It was a lot of fun and, you know, just wanting to do what he did, basically. So uh, all these years later, here I am. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, you cover the the Islanders very well, obviously. You did the ILC podcast with Mike Carver, another guy that came on our show. Shout out to Mike as well uh, right there. But first and foremost, let's just uh, let's get to it. The Islanders, they re-signed guys like Anders Lee, Brock Nelson, and Jordan Everly. Yeah, they lost out on Robin Leonard. But what's your take on the uh, the Islanders offseason thus far? Um. A little quieter than I expected. I, I mean, I, I knew, you know, that they were in on Panarin. And, uh, you know, I know Bob McKenzie teased something the night before that um, it looks like that he was going to sign with them. And, you know, I, I tweeted probably four or five hours before the market opened. Like, and until he signed somewhere else, I just had a feeling that the Rangers were still going to be involved because it's the Rangers and it's original six and the Garden, yada, yada, yada. So, um and I think they were kind of fortunate that Anders was willing to wait around to see what happened with that. I think, a, you know, some, somebody else probably would have decided to go in another direction, especially after being the captain and, and, you know, leading that resurgence to 103 points and having home ice for the first time since 1988. So, um, you know, are they better than they were a year ago? It's hard to say. I know if the fans are going to say no. Um, but I would keep in mind that, you know, it's going to be the first full year for Devontae's in the NHL. And you don't know if a kid like Michael Dalcole or is this the year Joshua, Joshua Hosang finally steps up. We'll see. And, you know, most, more importantly than, than those other things, Will, is this is, you know, all these guys have their first year of Barry Trotz and what he wants to do under their belt. So 
can Matt Barzell get back to being an 80 to 85 point guy? I think he can. And we saw what Jordan Eberle did down the stretch when he finally figured out the way that Barry wanted to play and it carried over into the playoffs against the Penguins. So uh, I would keep those things in mind here as, as we move forward. And we talk about, you know, Jordan Everly. Jordan Everly even said it himself. Having a guy like Barry Trotz was a huge, huge reason why uh, he resigned with the Islanders. He never really had coaching stability at all or anything never. like that <laughs> in Edmonton, you know. And now yeah. he comes to the Island and, yeah, they had Doug Waite here and in his first year. But they get Barry Trotz the year after he won the Stanley Cup. And you know how it goes. You know how it went this year for him anyway. Uh so that was a huge move, bringing him back. And everybody thought that he wasn't going to be the guy coming back, along with a guy like Brock Nelson. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the one key here is Robin Leonard. And Leonard, the year after, you know, he came in from Buffalo, good goalie, put up some good numbers, just was around a bad Buffalo team defensively, comes into the island, and he has this resurgent resurgent uh, bounce back to his career. The Islanders' defense wound up stepping up, going from worst to first as far as goals against go. And, you know, everybody loved Robin here when for the year. Obviously, they went out and they, they uh, signed uh, Varlamov from Colorado for four years. 31, age 31, is a huge difference from Robin Leonard being 27. But... Uh, Brian, what's your take on uh, Varlamov coming over to the island and what had happened with uh, Robin Leonard? Yeah, um, well, first, with Robin, I mean, it it sounds like um, he was offered a two-year contract towards July 1st. I don't know what day or, I mean, like I say this on Twitter all the time, like, Lou doesn't fill me in on how this stuff goes down or what's going to happen before it does. Uh, But it sounds like towards July 1st, uh, Lou basically gave Robin a two-year offer, whether it was $10 million, I don't know, but obviously it was something short-term, and I think Robin kind of thought Lou was bluffing, and Lou doesn't bluff, at least with certain players he doesn't. Um, so I think Robin turned around and thought he could get a better deal somewhere else, and when it didn't happen, uh, he probably found himself scrambling a little bit for and, and found a place, luckily for him, because there's only so many jobs as a goalie in the National Hockey League, right? So right. Um, to, to, to find that one-year deal in Chicago, he kind of lucked out there. And, uh, you know, Lou admitted to us on the conference call that he Barlamov was a guy that he chased last year, right after he got the job here uh, in late May. So, uh, look, Barlamov has a pretty good resume. He has, a tr- he has some problems staying healthy. Um, but I think that's where Thomas Rice factors in. Thomas Rice was so good last year. I think people forget how good Rice was. I mean, his numbers were pretty identical to Robin. So, I mean, if it's a case where Grice has to play 40 games, I don't think there's going to be much of an issue. Um, and Volomov, you know, it, we're going to find out here, was Leonard, that, and not to take anything away from Robin, but was it more the system or was it more Robin Leonard? I think Volomov's going to give us a pretty good gauge of just how important Mitch Korn and Piero Greco were to this hockey club a year ago. And, you know, you bring up uh, Volomov and his, uh, everybody's talking about, you know, Ilya Sorokin, how him and yeah. Varlamov have, uh, they have this, they're, they're close, they're friends. Do you see that playing a role in uh, in him coming to the island as well? Yeah, it has to, right? I mean, there's no other justification to me, well, to give Samuel Varlamov four years. I think this is to make Ilya feel comfortable if and when he comes to North America about a year from now. So, um, look, to, from everybody that I've spoken to, this is the best goalie not playing in the NHL. 
Uh, I know it's the KHL, but his numbers there are, are ridiculous. Uh, there's no other way to put it. I think his goals against this past year was like 1.16. I mean, it's just absurd how good he is. Uh, over there, it doesn't mean it's going to translate over here, but I think Lou wants to find out, and I think he should because, um, you know, it goes beyond him being a, a third-round pick five years ago. The, those numbers are just so ridiculous that you need to find out if this guy's the real deal. Yes. I mean, you see the numbers in the KHL that this guy's been putting up. It's been absolutely unbelievable, but the KHL is much different than the NHL, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Brian, question for you is, you know, with the young talent coming up, I know – Noah Dobson, he's an absolute stud of a defenseman. When he was at the blue and white uh, scrimmage game, he put on a show. He scored a breakaway goal, and he looked absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Many Islander fans are really clamoring over for him to start. And the Islanders right now, as far as I'm concerned, they have their defensive defenseman group is actually still solid. Uh, Do you see – I can't picture Lou Lamarillo – rushing and pushing in uh Dobson in as uh as like the third pairing for uh for them. I, I can't see that happening. Not yet anyway. I know he's good. I know he looks like he's ready to go, but even Lou said it himself, you know, sometimes it's better to hold on and have these kids wait than having to rush them up and, you know, get exposed. You know, what what's your take on that? Yeah, um I, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if he doesn't start the year with them. Well, at least I think he's going to get a nine game look. Um, of course it depends on his camp, but I, I don't see a reason why he wouldn't have a, a pretty good training camp here. Um, so I think he's a, at the very least going to start the year with the Islanders. And then after nine games, if they want to send him back, um, they obviously have that option. It, it stinks that they can't send him to Bridgeport. He's not eligible because he's not old enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I mean, obviously that would be plan B in a perfect world. Right. Um, but this kid's legit, man. So uh, at the end of the day, if they need to, if they feel he's ready to play, um, he's going to play. And I know fans are clamoring to trade Nick Letty for a forward, but uh, Nick Letty was pretty good for these guys. In his I know mean, he put up the numbers that we expected, but right. um, he was so much better in his own end of the ice. And mm-hmm. He skates like the wind. So uh, if Dobson's going to make the team here uh, full time out of camp, uh, I think Scott Mayfield is is the guy who could be the odd man out and who gets traded. And I think they get some not a, a great player in return, but um, you know he's a right handed guy, which helps when you're trying to make a deal. And that contract is so cap friendly. Um, I'm curious to see what the return would be if Lou Dangle Scott Mayfield here in the in the uh, next few months. Right, and you know Mayfield, great with the fans, obviously. Loves the fan base here, but you know, and he and he just and he just proposed too to his girlfriend. I mean, that's that's pretty cool too. But you know, to see that happen, but uh, you know, it's a business. Well, I know. Yeah, don't forget. I know. It's a huge. If Noah Dobson's ready, they're not going to let Scott Mayfield get in the way. That's I know just the crux of it. I know. I know. I know. Uh, but Scotty is a great guy. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, you know, talking about young players too coming up. I know you mentioned Josh Hosang, and I know you mentioned Michael Dalcole, two guys that came in. They played really, really well together this year. The record was like, what, way above 500? They only had one loss with them both at, at, that, at one point in time when they, when they were playing together. And then they sent down Hosang, and they sent down Dalcole. And they, they wound up winning games, of course. But uh, do you see anything happening on the Hosang and Dalcole f- uh, forefront here? 
again, it's it's up to these. It's up to both of them. Uh, I know fans think there's some like conspiracy that they want to keep Josh Hosang or not. I mean, not so much Dal Cole, but Hosang in particular. Like, there's some there's some reason that we don't know why Hosang's not playing in the NHL. I mean, to me, you have a three-time Stanley Cup winning GM and a two-time Jack Adams winner and a Stanley Cup winning coach and trots like. If they felt Josh O'Shane could help them, he would play for them full time. Right. Um, so there's obviously something else. Uh, I don't think it's off the ice per se. I think it's more whatever they're seeing from him uh, uh, away from the puck uh, or still taking too long of shifts, whatever. There's something there that Josh hasn't grasped yet to be a pro hockey player, uh, at least at the NHL level. So until that day comes, um, he's not going to play for them. Now, can things change in camp? Sure. Um, if they don't make a trade between now and the start of the season, is there a spot for him if he has a great camp? Absolutely. Right. Um, same Same for Michael. It's always been up to these guys. If, if they, uh, you know, perform the way that they have to perform on the ice and then more importantly uh, be the guys that they expect them to be off the ice, um, th- there's going to be room for them. They will make room for them. So we'll see how it goes in camp. Another guy that... I really look forward to seeing again is a guy like Kiefer Bellows. He had a great, yeah. great preseason last year. And then because of, you know, you 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 and Mike talked about this on the ILC podcast, and I really found this interesting where the guys, they send them down, and it's not because they're bad at all or whatever, right. but it's because of the fact that, like you both said, they have to develop their game, you know, more and make them more well-rounded in order to fit the system. Do you see a guy like Bellows being a uh, being one of those guys that might win out a job? It, it's, it's possible. Again, if they don't make a move here for a forward, uh, there's a spot available for all these guys, and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes in camp. But you're right, Kiefer had a tremendous training camp last year. Uh, his numbers weren't great, but I think a lot of it was what Mike was talking about on the show. Um, it's, it's not so much about dominating, uh, you know, production wise. It's about doing all the little things away from the puck that Barry is hell bent on all these guys grasping. And he was really good down the stretch. And then he, uh, he and uh, Oliver Walsh were talking to Brent Thompson at the end of mini camp, uh, last month. And he was saying how they, the two of them had chemistry together when Oliver, uh, came over from Boston college. So uh, if, if you know, any of these guys really stand out in camp, there's going to be a spot for them. I think come opening night. Do you see a guy like Anthony Beauvillier taking over that uh, that third center role? He was originally drafted as a centerman, and he comes in now playing left wing, was a part of the Bo- uh, Beauvillier, Barzell, and Everly line last year that wound up having a lot of success uh, two years ago, excuse me. And then, you know, this year he's still finding himself a little bit here and there, but do you see him coming in, you know, even trying to resign here? He's a, he is a restricted free agent, but do you see him taking over that third centerman's role? No, I don't. I think he's, I think he's going to be a wing at this level, especially, you know, with these centers, uh, when they get here and then they start playing wing for a while, well, it, you rarely see them go back. Um, I know that's probably the position he would prefer to play, uh, but when you have Barzell, uh, and you have Nelson and Casey Zizekas, who scored 20 goals this past year. Um, I think it's kind of. I think it makes more sense to leave Anthony on the wing there. He has what 39 goals uh, over two years as a pro, right. or whatever it is. It's, it's impressive uh, for a young kid like Anthony, and I just think it makes more sense to keep him on the wing. And I think there's a chance the way this roster is constructed that he could play on Matthew's left side on opening night. We'll see. 
who who takes over that third centerman's role then after uh, Valtteri Filippo left? Well, as of right now, it's Zizekas. Um and and Tanner Fritz will be your four, uh, barring some monster camp from Koivula, which I know fans are clamoring to see him too. Uh, I would preach patience. I'm sure that's what Lou is going to do as well. He's only played center in North America for a few months. I mean, he started the season with Bridgeport as a wing. So uh, I think at some point down the road, you'll see Koivula here, but I wouldn't expect it at the, at the start of the season anyway. What, uh, what's your uh, What's your take on the Islanders signing their new power play coach. I forgot his name, but what, what's your take on yeah, them John signing? Hiller, yeah. Yeah, what's your take on that move? Uh, look, he's a power play guru, which they need. Um, but I think a lot of it, I think Pays is going to play a bigger role here than any coach will, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. always the guys on the ice at the end of the day that determine how good the team is and uh, how good things work and what doesn't work. So uh, I think that the way that Devon played, um, when he first showed up before Christmas, uh, just the poise. I mean, he looks like he's played in the league for a long time, and he really hasn't. I mean, he's only played in the league for, what, five, six months? So, and if Ryan Pollock is capable, we know that he's capable of, of putting up more points. He's got that bomb of a shot from the point. Right. Um, they, I think, again, it's more now that the guys have the system down, they can work on other things, starting with camp. Uh, I expect the power play to be better. Is it going to be a top-ten power play? I'm not prepared to say that. Um, but I don't think it's going to be 29th in the league either. Yeah, no, definitely not. I think it's going to be, you know, everything, it's going to work out, I feel like. But like you said, everything's got to take time. Uh, yeah. Real real quick here, uh, Brian. Belmont, they got the train station. Yeah. They they got the, the plans, everything like that approved. And everybody, every Islander fan is, you know, looking like they're happy about it, you know. Uh, the one thing everybody's clamoring over about too, tailgating this and that, but <laughs> where honestly talking about shovels, do you see like the dog and pony show coming around in August at all with the governor? Because I know they're doing work right now, bringing over power lines and everything like that over there to uh, to the site. But right now, as far as the shovel goes, July uh, end of July, August here we're talking about. With uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't have any info as far as that goes, well, but I would be shocked that there's not some politician dog and pony show before Labor Day. Um, it sounds like it's just a matter now of dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Um, I know the final statement has already been released, and um, they're they're basically it's it's in the hands now of of, uh, of Empire Development. So we'll, we'll see how it goes here, but. Um, I think fans are going to get some really good news here in the next few weeks for sure. I mean, they've been getting some good news over the past couple couple of weeks. Having like, like well, look, we... it's never gotten this far, right? No, no, it hasn't. Um, and there, there's just so much. I remember talking with Alan Hahn about this like a, a couple of years ago, and there's there, there's so much power involved this time. Um, Scott Malkin knows what he's doing. This is what he does as a for a living is to develop stuff. So. Um, between him and, and the governor and the fact that they don't have to jump through hula hoops with the town of Hempstead and Essa County, that it's state property, uh, that obviously goes a long way in why I think this is going to happen finally. That is absolutely huge. Real quick, real quick here, switching topics now from, from, the, uh, from the Islanders now to the Rangers. And, you know, I know the Rangers, they got the big fish in Panarin. Everybody's talking about Capo and everybody like that. Do you see this Rangers team making it to the to the playoffs after after some of the moves that they made? 
Um, I'm not ready to say that, but I think they're a bubble team. I think they're going to be in it until those last few games for sure. Uh, I really like David Quinn. I think he's a really good coach. I expect Lundquist to be better. He kind of had an off year, and when he wasn't good, Georgia was I thought was terrific for those guys. So yeah, uh, they have the goaltending. You add a guy like Jacob Truba, who's so good, uh, who can play 25 minutes every night, alleviate some responsibility from a guy like Brady Shea, who had a little bit of an off year, who I still really like. Um, they're very top-heavy. I mean, once you get past Abinajad, Kako, and Panarin, there's not a whole lot after that. Uh, Kreider's still there, but you got to think he's trade bait. Uh, we'll see how that goes over the next couple of months. Um, but there's a little bit of a drop-off. So I think they still need a little bit more on their uh, third and fourth lines in particular. I still think uh, Philip Heedle is going to be a pretty good player here. Um, if they get one more piece, a uh, bottom six piece in particular, it could really help them. Um, I think the Rangers can make the playoffs for sure. Talk about another team that made a couple moves, the Devils. They wound up getting P.K. Subban, and they wound up drafting uh, Jack Hughes. Do you see them making uh, some noise? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they're they're going to be fun to watch for sure. I mean, you had a you had a a guy with the with the charisma of PK Subban, uh, that alone, and the marketing that the Devils can do, you know, directly there in Newark and then the surrounding areas. I think it's great, uh, not just for for the Devils, for the league in general. So, uh, I think for the Devils, it boils down to the goaltending. Is Corey Schneider going to be good enough? Yeah, he's got to be better. Um, I know he's had a lot of injury problems here here these past few years, well, but. Uh, if he's not good, they're going to be a lot of trouble. So we'll see. And the Devils made it to the postseason two years in a, in a row, uh, two years ago, and they wound up missing out. Real quick, speaking of uh, missing out on the playoffs, do you see the Islanders? Just to get back to the Islanders here, uh, do you see the Islanders having the same season that they had, or do you see like a little bit of a regression in your in your um, eyes? Yeah, are, are they going to get 103 points again? I, I don't want to say no. Uh, I don't. I don't buy this whole mantra that all the teams around them got so much better and they're in a lot of trouble. I still think that this is a pretty good hockey team. Um, I know the Flyers added some pieces on the back end, but that defense is old and slow to me, Will. Uh, Carter Hart is fantastic. He's going to be a great goalie in this league for a long time. Uh, and the Mignot is now coaching them, so they're going to be a little bit better regardless. But um, I still think the Islanders are one of the better teams in the division. Columbus got significantly worse, obviously. Right. They lost Poprowski and Panarin and Duchesne. Right. They lost all the, the Zingle. I mean, they lost a boatload. So, yep. um, to me, I don't know if, again, I don't know if they're a 103-point team, uh, but I think they're going to be in the mix for this division from start to finish. That's awesome stuff, man. Uh, real, real quick, real quick, how do the people follow you on social media? Uh, just on Twitter at B Compton NHL. Um, uh, that's basically where you can find me on social media. Uh, and of course at NHL D O T C O M that's the NHL.com's Twitter account as well. Brian, it's been an honor to have you on, man. Thank you so much for talking, uh, hockey and taking time out of your day because I know you're a busy guy to come talk <laughs> with, with us here at on the board sports about, uh, all three hockey teams, and even all over the NHL as well. But thank you so much, man. You got it, Will. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you again, Brian. Talk to you soon. See you October 4th, okay, baby. Bro. Yeah, I'll see you then. <laughs> <laughs> Be good, man. Thank you for coming on. That yep. was the one and only Brian Compton from NHL.com. Real, real guy. Real awesome guy. Knows his hockey. Covers it very, very well. And, you know, hey, look, listen. With the Islanders, don't panic. They're going to build from within. You heard it from Brian. 
just don't panic on the Islanders yet. They're still a good hockey team. With that being said, for everybody here at uh, Gotham Podcast Studios, for Johnny, our wonderful producer, controlling the ones and twos, he's awesome with a capital A. Oh, forgot one thing. Uh, just wanted to give a, a shout out here. Uh, it's not. It's kind of. It's kind of sad news, really. Uh, Carlo Rapper and Michelle Rapper they lost their cousin, uh, Nicole. Nicole Rapper to uh, lung cancer. Sad. 21 years old. Young kid. Sad. You never want to hear that at all from uh, from anything. And she, from the stories that I hear, she wasn't a smoker. But, uh, you know, Carl, you know, you're a really good friend of mine. And, you know, one of my best friends that I've known since uh, when we were kids growing up. Just wanted to give you, you know, my condolences go out to you and your family, man. You know. You never want to hear that. You never want to see that happen at all. And to the Rapid family, my condolences go out to you and your family. So I hate to end the show on a sad note right there. But, uh, but yeah, just wanted to give uh, give them their, their deal. For everybody here at Gotham Podcast Studios, again, for Johnny, our wonderful producer, controlling the ones and twos, and for Brian Compton, shout out to Brian Compton for coming on the show and talking hockey with us. I'm your host, Will Cherucci, logging off. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out.